Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm Rob Federick. Hey, I'm Rob Schulte. Here we are. We've done a slew of episodes, guys. I'm so pumped. Me too, me too. I'm very pumped about this next movie that we got in store for you today. <laughs> Guys, man, I mean, I know I say this every time, but like this really is like just such a fun little hour of just talking about the biggest passion that we all seem to have, which is movies. So Films, yes, exactly. It's such Couldn't a great, great time, guys. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm looking forward to what Peter has to say because he seems <laughs> amped today. Oh, man, I haven't been this amped since... Wait, no, the last episode was the drinking episode, and the episode before that was Gladiator, and the episode... I'm, I'm amped all the time, if you oh guys have Oh, my God. No, I mean, dude, I, I was amped during that trivia episode, but oh, my God, did I get trashed yeah, by the I end know, of right? it, Yeah, I know, right? So trashed. I was... Luckily, I was there on vacation. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good Lord. I just passed out right after that recording. Well, you did, you did Peter's uh, show... Yeah, his live did. show. We both did. Yeah, and then, you guys did. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, did I? See, I, that's, I don't that's, really uh, remember. Tequila for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Schulte, what are we uh, reviewing today? Uh, we always talk about superhero movies. They kind of are like in the DNA of Hollywood right now or the film cycles. But it didn't used to be that way. And I wanted to talk about, like I wanted mm -hmm. to theme an episode, guys. You know, we're, we're trying <sighs> to bring more of a theme to this. So, I want to talk about Superman 2, which came before the MC Universe, which is a DC movie. I get that. But I want to talk about the Richard Donner cut, Richard Donner. the one that came out years mm. later. Well, for all of those listeners who do, don't know, right, Richard Donner directed the first Superman starring Christopher Reeves, right, which was in its day innovative a huge hit and everything like that what people don't know about this is that or, or or at least don't pay attention to sometimes is that donner was actually filming superman one and two not back to back but simultaneously wow yeah. they were filming Which, those movies like one big script so any scenes that they had in like uh perry's office or whatever they would they would shoot there right the, the problem that i have with that not to cut you yeah, off no rob is it shows it, it probably does, but it was like a huge undertaking. And the funny thing was, as the movies progressed and after the success of Superman 1, they were still continuing to go on Superman 2. And there was disputes with the studio or whatever. And Richard Donner got fired off of it. And Richard Lester Ooh. completed the cut. And that's the theatrical cut of Superman 2 that you guys all have seen. I did not know about the Richard Donner cut until Rob, you were the one that actually brought it up. So uh, I'm interested to see how this podcast goes today. First of all, uh, before we even launch into anything, Schulte, I want you to read the back of this thing first. Okay, so here we go. I have my DVD copy from Suncoast. Hell yes. And it goes like this. You haven't seen all the Superman films until you've seen this. Christopher Reeves returns with a never-before-seen beginning and resolution. Director Richard Donner began shooting his vision of Superman 2 while concurrently filming Superman the movie. For the first time, his unique vision is here. Jor-El, played by Marlon Brando, appears in key scenes that amplify Superman's lore and deepen the relationship between father and son. Lois Lane plots more schemes to unmask Clark Kent as Superman. With so many changes, large and small, this version is an eye-opening alternate experience. Wow. wow. Mm. I should also admit, I have never seen the theatrical version of Superman Oh, wow. I've only seen this so, version. So, yeah, that was... So I'm excited to that learn. That was my follow-up question, hmm. Rob. It was to see when we all got to see Superman. Uh... Peter, when did, did when do you remember the first time you saw Superman? 2? Yeah, I was a child. I was a little kid, and uh, something that you guys might not know about this about me, um, um, how do I put this delicately? I hate the Superman <laughs> movies. Do you hate the originals? Hate yeah, is a strong I cannot word. stand them. I, I I saw the first one, and the, you know how like everyone says, "Oh, the third one was terrible." I'm sorry, guys. I'm gonna have to put it out there right well, Richard, now. That's the one with Richard Pryor, right? <laughs> yeah. And the fourth one was even worse. I'd rather watch the fourth Superman than sit through this movie. 
This movie. That's interesting. I, I, wow. This, I don't know. First of all, I don't understand how everyone's all like, oh, Christopher Reeves is my Superman and Henry Cavill isn't. It's like, hold on. Henry Cavill is, is a way better Superman than, than, than Christopher Reeves. I think Christopher Reeves, I don't know how that guy was a movie star. He's, really? he's kind of terrible. Well, yeah, I and, think and it was it just, I, but the whole movie. Here's the oh thing. Oh man, Peter, you're ruining my Reeves month oh really? my idea of all the films. Well, I'm just like, but this movie. I'm sorry, guys, but this movie was boring. All right. I mean, and listen, guys, we okay, we got okay, a, we got okay. a full scoop there. I will say that it's not one of those movies, Rob, where you got to punch yourself in the face if you haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I, I would say that. Maybe Superman 2 isn't a punch yourself in the face movie. I feel that Superman 1 is like a pinch nope, yourself in the even. arm movie that not you even. should see. Here's the reason why I think that. Because it was the 70s, guys. Like That's not an excuse. And Superman... What, that's Superman, not an excuse. What came out the year before the original Superman? Hang on. Everyone get in their corners. Right, get in their right. corners. Well, ding, well, ding, we, ding, we ding. Have, we do have Star Wars, right? <laughs> but here's the deal. Like Superman is not an easy nook to crack. You know what I mean? And I think that... Yeah, look, Star Wars is innovative in of its sense, but you know, you're comparing, you know, the work of like mega geniuses with something that for the time was innovative. And I think the performances of the time, look at the acting of like the 1940s, look at the acting of the 1960s, look at the Hopkins. Yeah, no, and and those actors are all great, but if you look at the style of of acting back in those days, it was a very different style than what we see today. I understand that, but the thing is, and this is why I bring up uh, Star Wars, the year that this movie came out, Superman 2, one of the greatest movies of all time came out. Empire Strikes Back. Now, right, right. when you look at you, when you look at uh, uh, this movie, Superman, it's uninventive. It's boring. The 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 costumes and the scenery, like they live on an ice planet. <laughs> Krypton is an ice planet. I'm just like, what is? And then and then the bad guys, General Zod and his and his his people, his two compatriots, look like they just got out of a disco. That is uninventive. Yeah. It is boring. And you know what? I'm going to sum up this entire movie right now. Because General Zod, oh, he's pulling out the cards. General guys. Zod he's said it in the movie the at the oh. very end when he's fighting against Superman, which we'll get to. This is he this said is passion right here, guys. Zod, and I quote: "This this it's this place is a remnant of a long past uh, uh, civilization. It has no style at all." <laughs> that is this entire movie. It has zero style, zero substance. I'm sorry, guys. All right. Well. Okay, wow. then let me let me break in sure, real yeah, quick. Go for it. Okay. Now, just to counter some of these thoughts, because I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Peter, but this movie is fun. And I think there's a level to watch movies when you're not trying to soak it in for Superman accuracy or complete storytelling. Like there's a level to just like munch on popcorn and be like, <laughs> that is ridiculous, you know? And I think there's value in that. Now, there are some terrible movies that are completely right, unwatchable, right, right. and that's a different story. But I do think there's value in watching this film. I will say, too, guys, that Superman is notoriously a difficult movie and, and, and superhero to, to portray. I like Man of Steel. And the reason I, I liked Man of Steel, too, but it got its fair amount of criticism. But a lot of people did. It got its fair amount of criticism. And I will say Hashtag not my Superman. I, I will say that uh, <laughs> while I enjoyed a lot of aspects of Man of Steel and the sci-fi nature, and I thought that one of the best moments in Man of Steel was the the Krypton scenes with, with I Kurt Russell. Love oh, sorry, Kurt Russell with oh, Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. Oh, yeah, that Russell Crowe, right? All the be the all that part was really great. Um you know, a lot of people gave Zack Snyder a lot of criticism and stuff like that. But I will say that Superman is just he is such a powerful superhero that like you have to dive into like almost the meta to get a good story out of that. And I think, you know, the 70s were a weird era. Like I think Star Wars stood out in its time. But like look at all the movies in that time. Like there's a lot of disco y costumes and sci- sci-fi was kind of cheesy and corny back then. But yeah, look at Lady Hawk. Right, right, but there are moments yeah. in Superman, at least but the first movie, Superman, that are great. Superman, though, yeah, this is Superman. You're supposed to come in with like, okay, what do we? Here's the thing, and this is a problem that I have with this entire movie. <laughs> you get, you get general. First of all, the 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 action should start like the opening of this movie is terrible, right? You got uh, which Zod one, there. Which one? Two or one? We're still on two. two. Right? We're on okay, two. Okay, okay, okay. You got General Zod, right, with his compatriots, and all of a sudden they knock out this guy who looks like he's in a paper bag. 
um, uh, <laughs> supposedly a robot. Okay, that was very, very like it was very uninspiring and didn't it, it looked fake. And then they all of a sudden get captured by um, Jor El, and then they put in the Phantom Zone, and then that's it. And then we don't see them for another thirty minutes. This movie, I'll tell you what this movie needed. This movie, and I'm very, I'm being very constructive criticism right now. I'm not, con- I'm, and I'm not criticizing the special effects guys. No. Although sure. it, the, I'm sure. criticizing the time, but they could have done them better. They, I'm criticizing the editing in this movie and I'm criticizing the script. Do you the script, think the, every time Zod comes in, he's all like, kneel before me. He doesn't do anything else. He said, kneel before me. And then that's it. And then blow something up. Kneel before me. I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to throw it. I don't know if you agree, Rob, but I actually do like Terrence Stamp's performance in this movie. I think uh, for the sign of the times again, guys, it's a dated movie. I actually think that, you know, He's portraying it as best he can within the parameters of this movie. There's a lot of cheesiness in it. And like, again, it's just there's definitely cringeworthy moments like I and we'll get into some of the scenes in the Donner cut that I really don't like from that cut as opposed to the theatrical sure, cut. Sure. But but I don't know. I, I, I again, I wouldn't say, Peter, I agree with you. I wouldn't say it's a punch yourself in the face movie. I think that you could live without those Superman movies. I actually think Superman Returns is a better movie than, than the Don. That's what I was going to yes. say. Yes. I was going to say, too. I loved, and I also, because there's a question I want to bring up before we get into the mm-hmm. scenes, guys, but, like, I agree. Superman Returns is so much fun. I love Brandon Routh as a Superman. And it's I think, so underrated. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, he's he's got a resurgence now with the DC TV shows coming up and whatnot, but, like... Going back and saying, we want to make a sequel that comes in between a series of films we've already made is like genius. I love that. I wish they would do that more often. For me, you know, I I love the John Williams score, by the way. Guys, a little little, little side note. I'm such a big John Williams fan. Every time I'm taking off on a plane, I'm listening to the Superman score. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Planet, Planet Krypton, which, by the way, they use that soundtrack, that that dun, 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 dun. that whole thing is in the Superman Returns trailer. I remember when I saw that trailer, I got chills because that soundtrack oh, was so man. powerful. Yes. Like it sums up in a way Superman to me. And then yeah. the original riff and stuff like that also sums it up really well because it's very patriotic in a lot of ways it is i think superman back then was like they were really trying to sub like like um you know they were really trying to really portray the american superhero yeah america's superhero yeah, yeah exactly where you know he fights for peace and justice in the american way of yeah. life or whatever you know, like it's i don't know man yet I, he's an just, alien who, when he's in his alternate, he's Clark Kent form, he's a bumbling fool. So right. it's like Superman looks at humans as like nerdy, bumbling, clumsy people because yep. he is so much stronger in his true form. Well, let's let's get into this. I let's mean, like, yeah. the, the, the opening, though, the opening credits I have a problem with. So after, you know, like, like they, they start the, the music, you know, after they get tossed in the Phantom Zone, we don't know what crime they did. That would have been no. nice to have it been explained. <laughs> um, and then you get a, this weird... First of all, they, they're throwing the, the names at you. Oh, Christopher Reeve, Superman, blah, blah, blah. And long, then, very long credit sequence. I, lo- I love the, the names coming at me. But why did they revisit in the opening sequence the first movie? If I think that Superman was just a sign of filmmaking. I think yeah. that was like a like... Well, we don't have DVDs. We don't have VHS. We're not going to see the movie again. Maybe someone missed Superman one. You know, you're I don't think Superman it was a, if necessarily you a good well, call. And I, and I think it was like they're trying to stitch together the fact that these movies were made simultaneously. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a, it's one big story type of thing. And and what I what I found out about the Donner cut is that when they revisit this scene, it's the same exact scene as Superman one, but they did it with different angles mm. to offer a different perspective, and they edited it slightly different. So that it would just be a different perspective that was more maybe from Zod's as opposed to Jarrell, you know what I mean? Ooh, interesting. Um, the oh. process that they went through to restore a lot of this footage was actually crazy. Like they ended up getting all the old negatives. They had to look through all the old logs because these movies were cut in movieolas back in the day. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't edited on on a computer like it was when they did the Donner cut. And they had to like like catalog everything they had to bake the film to get the moisture out of it right so that the film was to optimal quality and then rescan it all so that they could edit this movie again this cut from it so they were like well if we're gonna do this we might as well get a little experimental 
which I think was like, okay, yeah, but it's kind of overkill. I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? But we're watching the same exact scene. They're in prison. They're in the Shit, man, zone. if they hand me the keys to that car, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Rob, take us through, man. Take us through. Yeah, like, as we said, we met Zod, Ursa, and Nan, and uh, they after they reach the moon, they go to Houston, which is what they think Earth is. And uh, we see our first, like, glimpse that they might be having superpowers. But that quickly cuts to, you know, we see, just before that, we see Lois and Clark, you know, kind of getting in their same workaday life. Lois thinks that she's on to Clark. She, like, draws some glasses on a picture of Superman. So to then convince herself and Clark that she knows that he is Superman. She decides to jump out a window, but uh, Superman cleverly zooms down and prevents her from falling with his massive breath. So here's, I have two things that I got to talk about because we talked about a lot of it. You you, you went through a lot of those scenes. So one thing that I have to understand is how in the hell are Zod, Ursa and and non talking on the moon. First of all, like well, not only yep. that, but how do they have their powers at that point? Well, because they're, the they're sun, by the well, Earth's sun. yellow they're sun. The Earth's yeah, yellow yeah. Sun. no, no, no. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. My point is, is that the sun's not beating down on them at that point in time. I mean, it is the light. It's, the light's it's blocked on the moon. by the. It's blocked by the Earth. <laughs> but it, it's, I think it's we get scene. a little bit. I think, I think it's more of a radiation thing. Yeah, radiation. I mean, look, but also like all the way to like. At what planets. point? What are their powers too? Is well, the thing. This like, is why I have a problem with this movie because, like, you know, the Superman's powers are uh, titanium skin, super speed, he's invulnerability. Uh, yeah, he, yeah uh, can leap, to- flight, laser eyes, and and then freeze breath. But in this movie, it's all five of those plus force abilities, uh, like right. drawing yeah. guns toward you, or or um, uh, laser hands. Or or memory wipe from yeah, a memory. kiss. Right, we'll, 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 uh, but that's not it. That's not in the Donner cut. By nah, the way, it's not in the Donner cut. That's it's a memory wipe. <laughs> but we'll get there though. Right, we'll we'll get, get there. there. But we're definitely then, gonna get there. So then the other qualm that I have too with this is that all right, like you know, in the theatrical cut, uh, for all of you guys that seen it, Lois suspects also that Clark is Superman. And so she jumps and in the she water. jumps into the water in Niagara Falls after she sees that Superman rescued a kid. And just happened to be there when they were there on an assignment. So she's like, I'm willing to bet my life that uh, yeah. you're Superman. And she jumps over and like he cleverly like cuts a branch. I got to tell you, like, I sort of like this version more because Superman is sure. able to play it off as as if he's still Clark Kent. Right. In the Donner yeah. cut, he freaking runs all the way out into the middle of New York or Metropolis <laughs> And blasts his like freeze breath and laser eyes to like take an awning out right as bystanders are all walking and like watching it. But like somehow they don't look at him. This is I find this really hard to believe, guys. Like this one's like, yeah, there's something about this just ain't adding up, dudes. Yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting that, like you said, they still go to Niagara Falls in this movie, but it's on assignment, right? Yeah, because they're investigating some kind of wedding uh, it's something. a very easy way to get Lois and Clark into Niagara Falls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some sort of wedding scam where yeah. she does it again. But, you know, that's like 30 or 40 minutes into the movie, and it's actually the first time we see Superman in his outfit. You know, his outfit, <laughs> in his costume. Are you talking about the boy falling down my Niagara? That was, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the first time we do see him. Well, in, in the That's Donner physically cut. impossible. Yeah. Sorry, in the, in the theatrical cut. Yeah, because yeah. we saw him with the terrorist, par- uh, you know, that the ter- Paris yeah, terrorist. All, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was a terrible sequence, by the way. But it's like, why even go there? Like, if he, how would he even mm-hmm. know that Lois is underneath the elevator? Well, I guess he just flew up there because he saw the elevator going up, and then he happened to spot her. Which again, it, there's a lot of. I mean, I feel like dated and that's movies. in the regular cut, right? Like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yes. He finds it's out. It's so wild. Yeah, he finds out in the theatrical cut uh, that um, that Lois was on an assignment uh, to cover this terrorist attack in Paris. And he's like, does that actually? And he flies there because obviously he's Superman. But but the whole point is that because they have a hydrogen bomb in the Eiffel Tower, yet Superman pushes the elevator and blasts through the top of the Eiffel Tower like a fuck you to Paris (laughs) and then throws this hydrogen bomb. 
Yeah, and then throws this <laughs> hydrogen bomb out, which is what frees Zod and all the guys from the Phantom Zone, right? As opposed to the Donner Cut, which I actually prefer, is one of the missiles that got fired from the first movie when Lex uh-huh. Luthor's and all, and, you know, the world goes chaotic and stuff like that. He actually just hurls one of those missiles, and that's what frees everybody else. You're talking about when uh, Superman went uh, in the opposite direction and reversed time. Yeah, so we're gonna get to that because that, there's a there's more of that in this cut, Peter. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I, have a, I have a big wild. problem with it. Yeah, I have a big problem with yeah. it. So, anyway. <laughs> Once they, they've got the investigation in Niagara Falls, once again, Superman saves Lois, this time in costume, but Lois is still not convinced. So she pulls a gun on Clark in their hotel room, <laughs> and she <laughs> and yeah. she fires yeah. it at him, Yeah, and he's like, she's like, I knew it. You were Superman. And then he turns into Superman, and he's like, I can't believe you figured me out. <laughs> and you would risk killing your friend, Clark Kent. And she's like, I'd risk killing him with blanks. And I was just like all over the place in this scene. Like, okay. So, um, the, look, man, the blanks thing sort of wraps up that scene. And you're like, okay, now it's plausible. But first sure. of all, for those people, again, who don't know, that was actually a screen test for Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve interacting as uh, Superman and and Clark. That was not a scene shot for the movie. They found the screen test because as they were making the Donner cut, they needed to figure out, you know what I mean? Like all these. Yeah. Like how do we stitch this stuff? Yeah. And Donner said he actually, and, and it is evident in the performance, like Christopher Reeve physically, like you see him just transform into Superman. His face changes. Like his performance is actually really good. And that's why he decided to keep it. However, Lois is a fucking psycho. Like, who pulls a gun? Yeah, that on is insane. <laughs> and it's like, I prefer. No shit. I prefer sort of the theatrical version where he burns his hand. But I'm like, yeah, he's Superman and he tripped over. I guess he was trying to be clumsy, but he drops his glasses and he just happens to like put his hand in the fire and pull him out. I don't know. Both both scenes are kind of kind of dumb to me, but. Both scenes are just kind of. I just they, feel they're like, not very. This and this is what I mean about this movie not being very well, not having any style or substance. Maybe someone else should have been brought into the room to help punch this script up a little bit. I, I feel like if I had made a Superman film in the '70s, personally, I would have actually gone with a period film from the 1950s and 40s, or like when Superman was in the that comic been book. Cool. Oh yeah, pull it, a Captain America. Yeah, I would have made it more like the animated show that came out for a while or whatever. I would have made it a period piece and I would have oh, gone with the yeah. old school look of Superman, but with like, you know, some of the newer, you know, Christ-like um, allegory and like the powers and all that stuff. Because, you know, back in the 40s, he couldn't fly. He could just leap over a tall building. Now, let me tell you this, guys. What I would do if I were making a Superman film is, and I know this could be a wild card episode later, but I would adapt Superman Red Sun where he Hell actually yeah. lands in Russia yeah. instead of landing in the United States. That's a killer S- story. Side note, because you're such a horror fan. Did you ever see, what was it called? Blight? Uh, not uh, Blight. Bright, uh, bright, light, bright Sun? Bright, bright sun, sun or something? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, and I didn't hear the most positive thing, so it's on the back what, burner. What, what for was it me. called again, man? That movie. That movie. I just thought it was such an interesting. Yeah, take I know what you're talking where about. It was like, what if Superman came here and he became evil, not good? How do you stop that force? You know what I mean? As like a Dam- as a yeah. Damien sort of kid, and and that's interesting to me. You know, Brightburn. Yeah, Brightburn. Brightburn. That's what it is. Brightburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brightburn. Okay. I just thought yeah. it was interesting. Anyway. Something else to tighten this movie up. Because I'm looking at this like <clears throat> constructive criticism. We don't need Lex Luthor. You don't need him. No. He drags the movie down. He drags the entire runtime down. And everything that he does is boring. But at the same time, you need, a, uh, in my opinion, I know I'm going to go against you guys on this one, but Terrence Stamp isn't that good as a villain. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in here that are like halfway there, yeah. you know, and two two half characters don't make one full character. Exactly. He doesn't have it and he doesn't have anything to do like the entire time. This is what I like about uh, Zod from Man of Steel. First, he, he's got a full arc. First, he's all like, you know, he's pissed off because like they're 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 banishing him, even though he's like he wants to perpetuate 
the race, the Kryptonians. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then later on, he meets Kal-El, Superman. And, uh, and, and, and he's all like, first he wants to, at first he's like threatening, you know, the life of their child, Jor-El's child. And then, but when he meets him, he's all like, join me because you're part of my race. That's a full, you know, that's a full arc. This, this Even though he had his own agenda in mind. Well, it goes back to what you're saying, Peter, where you like a, a full fledged villain. Yes. You that's like a, a villain that you can at least Zod. understand their motive. But I understand, exactly. I understand Zod's motive. And I think you can yeah. get that with Zod though. Wants, yeah. I mean, but he has more of a backstory in what Peter's talking about, which I get. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with this guy, he's just like, oh, kneel before me. Okay, cool. And, but all he does is just, he comes in, says the exact same thing and then they do it and then that's it. I think that's why they have to put in that Jarrell scene at the beginning because the whole point is that he hates Jarrell so much. Like he has so much anger that, that when he finds out but that Jarrell's son is there, he's like, I want revenge. I want him to kneel before me. I want to own him. Like I want to take it out for, you know, against him the way that I never could against Jarrell for imprisoning me in the Phantom Zone for God knows how long. You know what I mean? You know, guys, this is kind of like Gladiator. Is it? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was literally about to be like, hey, Rob, I need you to explain that one. Yeah, I, I need you to stitch that one a little bit better than this cut of the movie. No, no, um, I, I, was, I yeah. was ready for a cool allegory. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So sorry. Uh, no, 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 don't. Where are we at in the film, though, guys? Well, and I think we bounce back and forth. But sure. I, mean, I, think, I think we're going to have to like eventually discuss just like Superman on film, right? But yeah. uh, we're at the point where Lois finds out he's Superman- and then I guess Superman decides that he's going to give up his powers for God knows what, for for love. For, oh, my God. For, I don't know why Lois. you have to give up your powers to be in love yeah, with someone. Why? And, and I think the excuse is that he wants to be able to lead a normal mortal life with her. So he, he wants to give up his powers so he can grow old with Lois Lane. Yeah, uh, I guess. Excuse. Yeah. Which, I mean to me is like so irresponsible yeah you know I mean? but given but, but they're setting up the ending with this scene they're setting up they're setting up a future event with this scene you know that right i get it i just think that i'll, I'll refer back to one of my favorite superhero movies of all time spider-man 2 which Hell i saw yes. a bunch of times in the theater they they kind of do a similar plot point there where peter starts to lose his powers right and it's because of the stress and the burden that he faces day to day that that between that you know he's torn between being spider-man and letting everybody that he loves down like he lets mary jane down because he's always late he's he's you know letting dr connor's down because he's late for school he's kind of neglecting his life so psychologically or subconsciously he starts to kind of reject his powers eventually he understands that he needs to assume the responsibility of both and he decides to become Spider-Man, he gets his powers back because he finally like accepts and embraces it, right? Yeah. In this movie, I find it highly unlikely that Superman, who's like the protector of mankind, would just for you know a woman, not to not to say like a love or whatever, would just give all that up. And I guess I mean like you know us men are kind of crazy sometimes when we're in love, man. But like, trust me, I've been there. <laughs> I just I just feel like it was highly irresponsible from Superman to do that, and I just didn't it it didn't always sit well with me in the movie because I just didn't find it believable. I don't know if Rob, if you agree with that. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think they were trying to appeal more to who they thought were watching the movie at the time and completely missed the mark. Like, wouldn't you give up everything for this for love for whatever? And it's like, no. You're Superman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, I think that they could have done without this whole uh, Red Sun thing, you yeah. know, him giving up his powers. I think they could have done the Red Sun Chamber. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the chamber that, that like puts him back in Kryptonian mindset or whatever. Anyhow, right, because it blasts him with the Red Sun radio. Anyway, so he gives it up. Yeah. At the same time, we got General Zod and uh, and Ursa and the and uh, Nod, what is his name? The, the it's Ursa dude. Zod and Nan. Nan. Non, because he doesn't talk, so he's yeah, because non-factor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, the name thing you're talking Versa about. Right? Zod and the non-factor. He's just the big brute because he doesn't Ooh. talk and he's got the comedic but, but, thing. Anybody want a peanut? They're all big brutes. They're all, <laughs> but they're all the same. Why, by the way, what is it with this time? Uh, 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 you got you got Lex Luthor and his little sidekick, who's a who's a moron, and then you got Zod with his big sidekick, who's also a moron. And by the way. They're all Supermen, so they don't they they don't need him. It's kind of pointless. Well, I guess because he's like the big strong one, and they kind of yes, do. Remember, this guys, we are bad guys, and we're strong, and we're also bad guys. That's the entire. And we wear unitards. 
Yeah, we were. We just got out of a disco. We're bad and we're strong. <laughs> Check the out Phantom my eye makeup, guys. And my tight pants. Hey guys, do, do, do. the Phantom Zone was Dude. actually secretly an eternal disco that they put them into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Phantom <laughs> light up <laughs> floor. And that's what they've been, they've just been dancing. Just cue the disco music. <laughs> you yeah. look at Non, who's the non-factor. He's literally wearing those high top boots. Oh yeah, they, yeah. they have wow. platforms. He's wearing platform boots. I was like, they had little fish in the is, heel. Well, they, they, these guys are not from another planet. They come on. They're from Studio uh, Fifty Four. Thank you. Yeah. I also think just at you know I look back at movies from the seventies, man, and it's just like sci-fi back then had a cheesy ass look. I mean, so, even Star Wars has its moments where I'm like. They did really well, but like you could tell, it's the time of the like sign of the times. Like, look what at you, what 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 moment in Star Wars are you, are you talking about? The sideburns because everything else you got the military uniforms <laughs> well, in Star Wars. The sideburns, you got the store, you got the, the stormtroopers and then like Darth Vader. Everyone else, everyone looks like they're not even from Earth. Well, because there's there was a there's the a true sci-fi lover that understood sort of how to conceptualize. Because Star Wars was the first movie that actually pre-conceptualized the look and feel of the world. Like Luke was supposed to be a green alien. He wasn't even supposed to be human. Han actually. Oh, Han, was it? Han was supposed to be a green alien and Luke was supposed to be an old man. And his really? last name was supposed, was, Star was supposed to be Starkiller. Yeah, Starkiller. Yeah, Starkiller. Yeah. So anyway, but again, those were the concepts coming from that mind. I think that most filmmakers back then had a great, it's like when you look at sci-fi from the 1940s, everything looked shiny, sleek, and like, metal yeah but the thing is is that i like sci-fi from the 1940s right but it's a style of that of the yeah. time i think that the style True. of the time of the 70s just was kind of lost and i think star wars is what actually kind of put things on the map for there to be more thought out sci-fi which is what we see today like when you Don't see just put them in regular human clothes and make totally. them look like aliens Totally, but then you see like Man of Steel, and you see the armor and the look of those costumes. Yes. It's yeah. very realistic. So anyway, yeah, very true. You know, speaking of realistic though, um, there's a couple of fights that happen in this movie with Zod and Earthlings yeah. and the police and Superman once they get to Metropolis. But like, we're strong and we're bad. <laughs> we're the bad guys. We're strong. What and we're I bad. like though about the realistic uh, nature of these fights, due to lack of CGI is that when they blow a car over into a pothole or whatever, it looks yeah. like a car being forced by a gust of wind rather than like a cartoon right, right, being right, forced right. by a car. You know, and I'm and I'm not hating on CGI. I love no, 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 graphics agree, and movies, but it is refreshing to kind of just see practical effects in a superhero movie. It was, oh, it was a lot more challenging effects. back in the day to do that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true, but they could have done a little bit better with the editing. They had to tighten this movie up big time. But That's I also true. think it's it's a sign of the times. Like, if you look at movies from the 70s again, you know, like, there's not a lot of close-ups. You know what I mean? Like, it's always, like, wide shots, like, set scenes, pre-lit. Like, there's no real contrast to the lighting. There's not a lot of camera movement. Like, that. Those. That, I think that was just the film language of the time. <laughs> was not great and again star wars being a, we keep going back to it but like star wars is a movie that redefined film language in a lot of ways i mean well when i was a kid i didn't like the superman movies i hate i couldn't stand watching them. i, I actually saw the first the first time i saw one was number four and i actually as a little kid i just liked it because it was real superman and i was like oh my god well, i feel like it was real mm -hmm. well, as a kid i hated him i like <laughs> you don't I'm say serious. I, I like <laughs> yeah, Batman. Right. I loved the Batman '89 movie. Oh, oh hell yeah. man, that was hell like one yeah. of my favorite. Yeah, but we're talking we're about we're talking about almost like like what like 15 years after nine. Superman. Nine. What no, nine? No, no, Superman years. one it was 1978. Eight. Seven, eight. Okay. okay, so then this yeah. movie was in '80. Batman was in '89. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, nine years later, but you're also grabbing such a. I mean, Tim Burton was a particular director. Tim Burton's True. amazing. I love yeah. Tim Burton. You know. Well, they should have got Tim um, Burton yeah. to direct this, Peter. Uh, he was supposed to. He was to. supposed to. He was oh, supposed to direct the really? Superman movie. With Ni starring Nicolas Cage, which would have been a huge mistake. Oh, man. But I would have been there for it, and I would still be there it was, for it. I think it was supposed to be called Superman Lives, and uh, he was going to wear a black suit. Wow. And he, he was supposed to be going a psychologist because wow. he had angst in the fact that he couldn't bear. But I think it was either he couldn't. Bear being Superman and Clark at the same time, or that they, I think they were trying to change it so that like his angst was he just can't save everybody. 
Gotcha. Which I think is That's kind of interesting. crazy. Or, so I'd yeah, love but that. it was it, it was it was interesting. Yeah. It was yeah. I mean, it and, probably would have been terrible, but I would I'm there for that story. But I would have seen it. But yeah. anyway, so we continue on. Uh, Zod gets to the president, right? Right. Well, yep. yeah, yeah. This should have happened 15 minutes in. Yep. They get exploded. Boom. They're out of the Phantom Zone. Oh right. Let's get to let's get to the president. Let's do something. Do yeah. something. Can but I say we're just one like, little note, though, that I huh. thought was kind of clever in this movie that I thought grounded it in slight reality huh. was when they land in Houston and Zod is in the water. And he's like, so this is planet Houston. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he yes. like lifts the water and he's like, an That's interesting the- surface. I thought yes. that was kind of a cool little moment that like grounds it in reality. because you, I love that and, part. Right, because he's an alien. He doesn't get it. Yeah, you know that what I mean? I and, and th- that line and him saying this has no style are the two most th- the two things that <laughs> pop out in my head from this movie. Everything else is like a blur. I'm just like I was so bored. By the way, guys, I'm, I'm just going to go off on a tangent here, but <laughs> but I didn't sit through the whole thing. I stopped, and I ironically I, I put because uh, I was so bored, and I put on a random show, uh, a random episode of uh, Seinfeld, and I put on the race. And the race, he uses the 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 Superman theme. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He talks he's about dating Superman. Lois. Yeah, he's dating Lois, and I was like, "This is weird." Mar- Margot Kidder. No, no, he's dating a girl named Lois, oh, and he thinks he's oh, Superman. Yeah. That's right. And that's and, right, and they, he has right, to run a race, right, and he that's um. Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and and they use a Superman <laughs> soundtrack, and it's hilarious. Uh, uh, my brother was watching it with me, and he's like, "This is this is really weird, Peter. That we just got done trying to get through a Superman two movie, and then all of a sudden, the better Superman movie is on Seinfeld." <laughs> well, let's uh, let's Keep start wrapping up what happens in Donner Cut because I have right. a pretty I, I got a deep question I want to end this podcast okay. on guys got so yeah, I, I gotta i definitely have to bring up the ending with you rob so yeah keep, keep keep going keep going keep going baby so zod takes over uh the united states which in the movie language he takes over the world um <laughs> right because the president then, even surrenders the world yeah apparently. yeah <laughs> uh lex luther's like hey give me australia and i'm gonna tell you where you can find superman correct he mm-hmm. takes him to the Fortress of Solitude, because mm-hmm. earlier in the movie he had figured it out, blah, blah, blah. When they get to the Fortress of Solitude, there's a little repartee. Lex Luthor tries to pin a deal with Superman. Superman's like smarter than Lex Luthor. And the chamber, the Red Sun chamber that had taken away Superman's powers before. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, he's gone back and gotten his powers back at right, this point. Which I don't know how he, a mortal man, how he got all the way back to the North Pole so, without yeah, that, freezing that, that, that to was, death. That was my thing about this movie too, right? Like the Fortress of Solitude is solitude. It's supposed to be in Antarctica. No, it's in the yeah, Arctic Ocean. So. It's on at the, the very top but, uh, right, that's of what I'm saying, Like down South Pole. And it's like, you can't get there unless you're Superman and you can fly there. Yes. And yet... Lois did and, it. Yeah, Lois and Clark got away from it <laughs> after he lost his powers. Uh, Lex Luthor got there somehow and found it. And then Clark actually walked back to yeah. it. But in in the Donner cut, they actually incorporated the Marlon Brando fil- uh, footage, which they didn't have in the theatrical cut. They put his mom, Lara, in there before yep. when, uh, when Luthor mm-hmm. was there and stuff like that. And I actually like the theatrical cut restoration of the powers better than the Donner cut. Uh, but Rob, I, I don't know what, if you agree or not. Well, I haven't seen the, the theatrical cut. Well, the so, theatrical, no, they didn't even put the, the no, in the, in the, in the theatrical cut after he gets beaten by Rocky at the diner, cause you know, he's, human oh, yes. now, And some big guy beat the shit out. No, of Superman. that guy was not bigger than Clark. I'm sorry. It was, he wasn't, but, and he was also like way older too, but somehow yeah. he, yeah, that, that dude would have fakest, had a heart attack. That was the fakest fight I've ever seen. Right. But anyway, so, <laughs> He gets his ass kicked and he decides that he needs to go back after he finds out that Zod and has taken over the world. He runs back and he has this very heartfelt moment where like the Fortress of Solitude is like kind of shut down. And it's all green and it's not working. And he's just like, father, and he's yelling and he's trying and he's like, I messed up. I failed. And then all of a sudden, the green glowing crystal from the first movie when he first tosses it into the um, into the Arctic and then the Fortress of Solitude grows. Right. Which, by the way. In Superman 1, the scenes leading up to all that moment, I thought were brilliant. I thought they were really well done. But he then finds that nobody's listening to it, but then the glowing green crystal comes back, yeah. and he holds it, and he just looks at it, and it focuses on the crystal, and then it cuts. So it's almost left to the audience to decide, well, 
There's a little mm-hmm. mystery behind Superman and yes. how he gets his powers, which I think is a much more effective cut than Marlon Brando's ghost consciousness, Ugh. which are pre-recordings all of a sudden coming alive. And res- I don't know, Rob, you you take it away, man. You, you tell me. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that like a lot of stuff had missed the mark in this cut, but uh, it really shows towards the end of the movie that like it's a it's a piecemeal job. Right. So I think that the Marlon Brando scene is amazing that they were able to find that footage, use that footage and put it all together. And it's fun to have. Doesn't make for a great film, though. And to really wrap it up, Superman tricks Zod and the other superheroes, Ursa and Non. And 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 Luther, because Luther and Luther, Luther, he makes it look like Luther's in on it. So he's like, hey, help me get these guys into the chamber. And then Luther sells him out. Yeah. You know what I hate about this whole thing? This movie lacks risk. It's like you, the way the way the way Zod dies and then the non-factor die is like the non-factor tries to fly and then he falls. Yeah, because <laughs> Superman has reversed the chamber. They no, lose no, their powers. No risk, though. No risk. Right, There's no right. risk in this entire movie. The entire movie is just like one scene well, after another. There's no style, no risk, no substance, nothing. Yeah, but then, but Rob, okay, so after this <laughs> Fortress of Solitude debacle where he finally defeats Zod and he throws him into the pit of the Fortress of Solitude, can you tell us all what happens next? Because this is where I this is this is where I get passionate about the movie. So. Yeah, uh, for some reason, Superman destroys the Fortress of Solitude, <laughs> and then with his heat vision, and then he flies Lois back to Metropolis, mm-hmm. and then you know he scratches his chin for a second, and he goes, you know, the past few days just didn't go the way I wanted, and spins or goes out to outer space and by flying around the planet Earth starts rotating the Earth in the opposite direction. (laughs) And I guess we start seeing everyone walking backwards and like the VHS (laughs) sound effects. Yeah, of it going. Yeah, that's right. Oh, by the (laughs) way, this movie was presented in mega sound back in the day. Ooh, mega sound, my favorite type of sound. Yeah. Um, So uh, he has he has multiple powers. He has, uh, you know, all of the all the Superman powers. There's like five plus reversal of time and memory loss and and what 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 else powers am I missing? The Force. He has the Force. I I will say that a lot of people really criticized Donner in the first movie about just like oh, so Superman can like turn back the clock. By the way, like it's. Even if the Earth rotated backwards, it wouldn't turn back time. But yeah, anyways. that doesn't. Yeah, everyone so, would die. So, so Superman's a, a mass but, murderer. But. So what happens though, Rob? Like, because I, I I will get into my qualm with this whole cut after this. But like, please keep going. <laughs> it goes back. Uh, Clark show once time has gone back to where we started in the movie, I guess, but not right. not the events prior, just to where we started in this movie. Right. And. Uh, Lois is like, oh, I think I've got an idea. And her and Clark just chuckle it off like, oh, it must be deja vu or back to work. I'll get a pizza. So here's the biggest problem I have with this cut is that he turns back time so that Lois forgets that he's Superman. But the thing is, it erases Every single event that happens in the movie, it brings it back. It yep. sends Zod and everything back into the Phantom Zone as if it never happened. No so one like, gets a monster truck. No right. one. <laughs> so it's like, why the hell did we even watch all this? Ta- why yeah. didn't he just come out of the, the Fortress of Solitude once he got his powers back and just do this from the beginning? It was the... Du- yeah. is, look, man, I'm going to tell you guys a story. I, I got forced... By an ex-girlfriend when, when I was dating her, she was super into the Twilight movies. Oh and she took oh me, she was like, please, I, I want to date. Like, I bought us tickets to go see the last Twilight movie. I really want you to come see this with me. And I was like, I would rather shoot myself in the head, but I will, I will go because I love you and I care about you and I, and I will go. 
uh, I, not to cut you off, but uh, Rob, we're going to have to do the Twilight series now. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, I think that's what's going <laughs> to not punch yourself in the face. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went and look, of course, I mean, like, look, I fell asleep halfway through the movie and my girlfriend at the time got super mad at me and like elbowed me and hit me. And she's like, I can't believe you. She was very dramatic. Um, she's like, I can't believe you that you would fall asleep during this movie. I was, like, I was like, this movie is just I mean, I'm sorry. It's just not my movie. But then I woke up to like this final battle sequence where like these werewolves and vampires are fighting in this snowy battlefield or whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess this part's kind of cool. You know what I mean? I, I, I can at sure. least get into this. And then I find out that the whole thing was a premonition vision that one of the vampire little girls oh. or whatever touches the other guy with. And like he imagines that all that happened. Oh. I like my girlfriend had to physically restrain me from walking out of the theater. I was, I am so done with it. Like, no, so none of you this wasted happened. my time. Yes. That is how I felt with the end of this daughter cut. Cause I just was like, Oh, Oh my God. No, man. Come on, dude. Like you did it in the first, like what is your obsession with turning back time by rotating the, I don't know, man. I, I, well, I think that it. like, this is, I think this is a really good point where all three of us like fall on a different part of the graph in watching the movies. You know, we talk about how we like to watch movies that are good or good for you in right, some way right, or right, another. Right. Which, and by the like, way, I respect everybody's tastes. Oh, 100%. 100%. And Peter, you, I want to say that, like, obviously you hate this movie the most, but... You respected us and you watched it for the for the podcast, of which I, did. I think is of great. Course. Of course, movie, and there was no question about it. Yeah, exactly. But, one of my next movies is going to be Twilight. <laughs> You're going to have to stay <laughs> awake for that one, baby. <laughs> 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 but I think like I don't disagree with anything you guys said, but I still am like, I'll kick it on. Like I said earlier, I'll munch pop- popcorn and I will laugh at how silly this film is and you know enjoy the slight moments that i do like about it and so i think we've we've found another movie that maybe we don't need to punch ourselves in the face for but could be worthy for someone you know what we don't have to always review punching your face you know punch that's true movies you know we're learning each episode and it's important because maybe there is a listener out there that may one day drop a suggestion well hey listen this donner cut is great for this this and that and it might be eye-opening to us and that's what's the beauty of film it's so subjective in a lot of ways no you're, you're absolutely right i just don't understand like you know people that say oh my superman is not henry cavill it's uh Christopher Reeves. I'm just like, what is this obsession over Christopher Reeves Superman though? I, think, I don't understand. It's just I think it's what he, you know, I think at the end of the day, like Christopher Reeve is and I think he's an incredibly likable guy. You can't, you can't even say that. You're just like he was the it, first it, it, Superman, it, it, and honestly, you know, I think it's, he wasn't. It's, it's well, true. It's true. He was his the father was yes, yeah. George Reeves. But he, you know, I will say that you know he. I think that he's a very likable Superman in a lot of ways, but also I think the tragedy that befell him, people kind of True. endeared, you know, people endeared to him. him. And 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 yeah. honestly, like I will say, Christopher Reeves when he was alive was a real life Superman to me. I think that he was an extremely courageous and brave man after being paralyzed from the neck well, down. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want. I'm, I don't want to, to go off on the wrong. I, sure. Not, sure. Not, no. 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 I'm, I'm criticizing. I'm, just, I'm criticizing. You know his acting style, and I'm sure. also criticizing. People who say, oh, there's no such thing as another Superman other than Christopher. I'm just like, no, no, I don't agree with that. These movies are... Because I will say, look, Brandon Routh did a great job. I think he was a great Superman. And I actually think that Henry Cavill is a brilliant Superman. I think Henry Cavill is probably the best. And you know that Henry Cavill actually auditioned for Superman Returns. He got turned down. He he was kind of like... He was kind of like Hollywood's like blacklisted actor. He tried for Bond and they, he got very close and they didn't cast him because wow. he was too young. Wow. He tried out for Superman and he didn't get cast because apparently he was too young. And now all of a sudden, like Cavill kind of found his ground. And I will say there's a movie and we maybe should review it. There's a movie here that I think set him on the map. And that movie is called Immortals. And I think that movie is awesome and if you haven't heard of it i don't know it i would love to uh, watch it's another it. it's another movie that uh, you might want to uh, you might want to stay away from he might want uh, rob one you're, you're probably going to want to do this one right see here's no, the no, thing no. I, the, I, the armor in this movie looks like it was at a it was it was bought out of a uh, costume shop it looks just, of immortals you saying yeah of immortals the the, the interesting, you, interesting. there's there's a lot of like just kind of cheap cheaply done stuff in that movie 
Oh, I'm sorry. Know. And then okay. the ending of that movie, them fighting in the sky. Oh, hey, yeah, hang on. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. What? Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. We, I okay. don't know if we'll review it anytime, but <laughs> oh, I do. We got to review that but movie. But I will Woo! say Cavill shines in that movie. And that, I think, was what later on kind of got him back to uh, to where he is, other than the tutors. Anyway, uh, Rob. Well, Wrap yes. us up with, with, this, with this Donner film cut. Uh, well, you know, we get a little post-credit sequence where Superman goes and shoves the uh, guy that beat him up across the diner and uh we hit the credits Which, and everyone's by the happy. way i have he a real beats problem up with an that. innocent man that didn't do anything yeah. to him because yeah, he turned back, in time. back time and then it never <laughs> happened so he just beat the shit out of some guy that didn't even know i have a real problem with that scene is he now zod is he a bad guy now is superman bad is he yeah evil? I... is superman working on ego who knows hey it's now, in order to go, guys, so... Of course. You know. <laughs> okay, guys, I've got three pre-MCU movies that are superhero-based, and I want to know which one's your favorite before right, we wrap right. things up here. Lay it on us. The Crow, uh-huh. Spawn, or Blade? Oh God, Spawn! Ugh, it's a toss-up between because uh, Blade One isn't my favorite Blade. Blade Two is, yeah. so I'd have to go with the Crow. I I also am gonna go with the Crow because the Crow was unique in its standing. It was so dark and different, I, and it just was I, so gritty and awesome. I'm a big fan of Michael Wincott. Oh yeah, no, huge no, fan no, of that. No, actor. And and look, Love man, that guy. it was just like so esoterically voice. dark. The crow. We should review the crow because the crow we is just do, such yeah. a good movie, man. I'm gonna do the entire review like Michael Wincott. Back impression for you. Call, call, bang, fuck, I'm dead. God, yeah. it was it was great. So yeah, the crow for me. What about you, Rob? What about you? Yeah, it's the crow for me as well. I love Blade. I rewatched Blade, Blade recently, but it's I great. was thinking about. The cr- I, yeah, I love Blade, but like I, I was thinking about like, oh my god! At this time, I was watching The Crow, I was watching Spawn. Like that's where this list came from, and I made me want to revisit pre Iron Man and Captain America movies. Well, you got uh, well Spider Man one, yeah. two, and three are pre. We can't forget Tim Burton's Batman's, which we were talking about too. You know, Batman, B- Batman, and Batman Whoa, Returns. Man. I, I love the eighty-nine Batman. Movies, yeah. Well, I think this is obviously a part one of pre MCU guys. Yeah, we're gonna. Keep this theme up. Maybe next month we'll hit another superhero pre-MCU movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, guys, definitely. another great talk. Thank you. This yeah, was uh, awesome, Rob. And you know what? I, I'm Our first few films that we reviewed were films that we all adamantly felt kind of unanimously passionate for. And it's yes. kind, of, kind of a refreshing take to see a film that, you know, we all kind of had a little bit of a difference of opinion. But in a weird way, we all kind of have the same sentiment, which is... Which is kind of awesome. So uh, yeah. thank you for that, Rob. Like that's pretty awesome. I, I like that. I appreciate it, uh, Peter. You know that we let you take it home, but before that, I want to remind you, you people. You can take us home on this episode. Ooh, Rob. okay. I did <laughs> you take well, us home, that's baby. That's how much Peter hated it. Where he's like, I don't, I don't, I, I forfeit my. <laughs> All right, I'm flying outro. up in space. I'm gonna re- rotate the Earth opposite so that we didn't do this episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if people have suggestions for us or they'd like to uh, see us review a certain movie, the best place they can do is leave that in the form of a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I've been Rob Schulte. I'm here with Rob Federick and Peter Madrigal. Everyone, we'll see you next week on Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Hell yeah.